right. Gosh, I'm ready just to go home. That was the presence of the Lord. I mean, you guys, team, I don't know where you all went to, but wow. That was incredible. Think what could happen when we get a couple more, you know, instruments up here. You guys, I'm telling you, I, mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I just want to say a couple of things. First of all, the, uh, when you start, the prophetic begins to fall. The church can go crazy. Every prophetic person in here said, I got a word. I got a word. It'll, it'll happen, I'm telling you. And that's a good thing. Somebody say it's a good thing. Anytime the Spirit of God wants to move, he should be able to move. And that's just something we've always, always prided ourselves in, letting the Lord move. Amen. We can't stop him anyway, so why even pretend? Only religion can do that, and we're not in the religion at all. Hallelujah. I appreciate that. Also, let me just say, uh, last week's message with my daughter was like, listen, I am not easy to, uh, to get excited. I'm just not. I'm sorry. I, uh, I just, I love the word, and I, you know, I've got a, I've got a, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I am, I'm nobody. But anyway, I, it takes a lot to stir me with the word because I've been at it so long. But truthfully, that word last week, I had my notebook out. My, I was taking notes. I'm like, who is that up there? I remember her when she was about this high, and she was set up the chairs in her bedroom, literally set chairs up in her bedroom, and she would preach to the empty chairs. She did. She did it all the time. I'm thinking... Man, oh, man, that's just amazing, the anointing that's, that's on her. And so I'm just, uh, hey, listen, first of all, we also want to say thank you to, uh, to my daughter for allowing us to minister uh, occasionally. It's, uh, it's a blessing. We are here. We live here in Phoenix, and so we're very happy to be here. Uh, we're, go we're not going anywhere, but we are not here for a takeover. Come on, somebody. We're not going to. Do not bring me your problems. I don't want to hear them. I heard them for 40-some years. I'm done with your problems, all right? And so you take them to her. And then she'll, then she'll delegate them to Pastor Paul. <laughs> then Pastor Paul will delegate them to somebody else. But anyway, so but we're here to train you up and equip you and get you ready for what God's about to do, okay? So this morning, I'm going to bring to you a prophetic word. Just like the Lord gave it to me. And uh, I'm going to try to do that occasionally as, as the Lord will, will be to do that. But uh, I'm going to bring you something I think will, I know will change your life because he gave it to me and it, it revolutionized my thinking and where we are and what's going on in the world today. See, I got a title up there. Put that title up there so we'll get just show everybody what it's about, what is coming. Now, I'm sure you've been on the Internet and, and heard about 6,000 people tell you what's coming in 2024. I'm not talking about 2024. I'm talking about what's coming in the spirit that's about to happen because we cannot stay on the path we're on now and be really fruitful for what God wants to uh, do. We get caught up in so many different areas. I got 12 sermons I'm putting into one today, 12 points I'm going to bring to you that I, I know God gave me, so I want to really help you to understand. I started this message several weeks ago, if you remember, and I talked to you about uh, transformation, confirmation, and so forth, and and we talked a great deal about that, but I said that's the, that was the introduction, and now I'm going to bring you the rest of it because I've been sitting on it waiting for the right moment to do that. 
But, uh, you know, God is doing some things today that are just beyond our comprehension. And I've been at this a long time, as some of you have too. I appreciate the great ministers that have been in here and are here and what, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, it's just been, uh, it's been a, it's been so, to me, uh, just astounding to what God is about to do in this hour. But uh, there's no question in my mind that, you know, I've been doing this so long that sometimes you want to just, you know, preach something that will kind of wow somebody or get somebody to shout back at you and all of that. And, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. But I want to bring something from the throne into your spirit, man, today. Because it's not your flesh we want to, to bless. It's the spirit, man. We want your spirit, man, to say, rise up and say, you know what? Flesh, you're going to obey what I want. Soul, you're going to do what I tell you to do. Because we all get caught up in the soulless realm, and we want to make sure we don't do that, okay? So having said that, I want to get into this uh, as quickly as possible. But uh, let's just put Second Chronicles up there. 5, 13, and 14. That's going to be our base scripture for the day. But uh, let me pray over this because I sincerely need the Holy Spirit today. Father, we so thank you for your anointing here today. There's no question that you are in this place, that you are here, and now you're going to confirm your word. And then you said when you confirm your word, you will confirm your word with signs following. We thank you, Lord, right now for our spirit that right now will block out everything around us so we can hear from your throne, your word, and not man's word. And, Father, I thank you right now that every word that I speak, please let it be from your Holy Spirit and not from me, not my ideas, not what I think, not what I prognosticate, but what you have spoken into my spirit. And I want to give you praise and glory for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Good-looking crowd, Pastor Bob. This is great. Super Bowls this afternoon. hoop de doo Who cares anyway? But uh, I'm going to share this scripture with you. This is what God gave me. So let's ask the Lord for some great revelation to flow today. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 13 and 14, Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, now here's what they said, watch, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever, that the house of the Lord, after they sang those words, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Now catch this. This is very important. So that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Now think about those words. Very, very powerful prophetic words. Now, I want to jump into this, but I want to take it a little bit slower. I'm not interested in preaching a message. I really want to get this across to you in the spirit. Okay? So this is important. So there's no question in my mind that God is changing 
the atmosphere. When you read that scripture, you realize that God is changing something to bring about something else. God has to rearrange the atmosphere of a place, and I believe it's not just this place, it's all over the world, but he is changing the atmosphere to create something that has never been created before. I'm going to go through some steps with you in a moment. But I want to major on this scripture, these two verses, for just a few minutes. But the Bible says when they were one, they had one sound. And that you have to understand that it's not about a song. It's about a sound. There's a sound coming into the earth. It's going to be so different. It's unlike anything we've ever seen before or heard before because it's going to change the entire atmosphere of the body of Christ, those who are really the called of God and those who are already called today to do the will of God in this hour. But there's one and one sound, and it's to be heard. So when God gives us this sound, it's to be heard. Now, I'm going to show you what that sound is because it's very, very important. I just read it to you a moment ago. But here's the sound. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. If you're going to understand anything in this hour, we have got to turn off the Internet. Amen. Dear Lord, we've got to get rid of it. I think, you know, when I first got out, this is the greatest thing on planet Earth. I think it's the biggest curse that man has ever had. Yes, the church can use it. But so is the devil, man. And also, he's using people that call themselves believers and Christians and prophets and apostles and all the other things. And they're getting these audiences that they're bringing some sort of word, but it doesn't jive with my spirit. Yeah. Something's wrong. Yeah, right. And so when I opened this scripture, the Lord said, look at this. This is the sound I want everyone to hear. And I want you to know that I am good, that I am a good God, that I'm not out to hurt you. I'm not out to put sickness or disease upon you. I am not out to really uh, take your money away from you. I'm not up for any. I'm here. He wants to bless us, but he wants us to know that he is good. God is good. And we hear that term so much, it just becomes a repetition in our brain. And we say, yes, amen, yes, amen, yes, amen. And then we got into this whole little slogan thing. God is good all the time. Well, you know, you have no clue what God is really. All the time. And the truth of it is, God is good. That's what he is. He's good. And the Lord said to me, I am good, but also understand that my mercy endures forever. Somebody shout, his mercy endures forever. Oh, my God. Next year, I will celebrate 50 years in ministry. 50. I can't, I can't believe it. I just cannot believe it. But anyway... After almost 50 years of ministry, I'm just starting to understand he is really good. Because I look back, see, when you're first saved, you don't have a clue. You're just kind of rolling with the punches and, you know, and God's leading you and you're just full of the Lord and you're full of excitement and joy and all of that. But then the first trials begin to hit. and You're like, whoa, I didn't sign up for that. But you realize after 50 years, you have something to look back at and you can say, wow, God is good. God is good, and his mercy endures forever because I've done some really stupid things, idiotic things, crazy things, and if I haven't done them outwardly, I've thought them inwardly. Are you all here? And so, you know, when you, when you understand that God is good and his mercy endures forever, 
Then you understand that God at that point wants to fill the house. Watch this. It was filled with the cloud, so the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house. Now, I've got to say a few things. I sat down this morning going over this, and God began to speak more to me. I started jotting stuff. I said, where am I going to fit this in, Lord? I got to, what do you want me to do? I mean, so I'm just going to go with it and flow with it and see what the Lord does, okay? You didn't come to hear eloquent man this morning. I'm not eloquent. I hope that I'm anointed, but I want you to hear what the Lord has to say. This is very, very important for us to grab it with our spirit man, all right? Not our minds with our spirit man and hear what the Lord is saying. Because you know the truth when you hear it. You just know. This is true. All right? So when there is a sound being heard in heaven. Now watch. The sound is heard in heaven. Other words, it's heard by, sent by us to heaven and God hears it. Can you imagine God getting the attention of the church when they begin to do what he told them to do, God hears it, and when God hears it, he recognizes it. And that sound brings us a revelation. And it brings us a revelation of God is good, that's it. And secondly, his mercy is forever. Then the house is filled with his glory. Do you see the succession here that's very critical, important? And it has to do, if you look at the word glory, I'm not going to go into that because it's really deep, but it has to, has to do with the Ark of the Covenant. Just a few chapters or so before that, he's talking about the Ark of the Covenant and the glory. So what I want you to see is that the ministering stops when the glory comes. I, I want to just hold on a minute with that. The ministering stops in the house of the Lord when the glory comes. You see, we are here week after week, service after service, and our job has always been since I started the church all those years ago, and it's always been to equip saints for the work of the ministry. So it's equipping us. We come to be equipped so our gifts can flow and function in the body of Christ, and that's a good thing. And that's business as usual in the church, and that's our calling. That's our gifting. That's what we should be doing. But when God begins to show up because of this sound that is coming, and I'll talk a great deal a bit later, but when God begins to show up, his glory comes. And when the glory comes, the ministering ceases. This is very powerful. We all come with something we need in church. We need a healing. We need financial blessing. We need our marriage touched by God. We need our children to come back into the kingdom. There are so many th things and so many reasons that we actually show up in church week after week. But they're all about us. They're never about him. And so that's why worship, and I'll get to this later on, but it, it's like it's, you know, it's, it's not about him. It's about us. And, and there's nothing wrong with that because we want God to touch us and, and do what he has to do with us and all of that. So we, we come into the presence of the Lord looking for God to do something, and that's wonderful. And he does, and he will at the, he already has at this altar with the elders, and he, he has a, probably with your worship, and he will do that at the end of this service as well. He always honors his word with signs following. That's just automatic. We don't have to work that up. It just, 
That's the way things are in the kingdom. But what I'm saying to you is that when this thing happens, prophetically, when this thing happens, it's not business as usual, church as usual, and you will not want to come to church because I have a need. You will come to church and say, man, I can't wait to get there because I know the glory has showed up. And when the glory shows up, nothing else matters because the glory will do all the work that needs to be done. But we don't have to arrange for the Holy Spirit to do what he's already arranged to do by God the Father sent by Jesus into the church to birth the church, become the powerhouse on planet Earth. Our job is to simply make the sound so God can hear it. And when God hears that sound, he sends his glory. And when the glory comes, it fills the house of the Lord so that, so much so, that even the ministers cannot minister. You cannot do it. It's impossible because the ministers need more ministry to than anybody else in the place. And so God begins to touch people supernaturally and do things that is way beyond our comprehension. They really are. They're incredibly powerful. Okay? So all of that is incredibly important. Out of that scripture, the atmosphere is changing. I want to share with you this morning 12 things. I'll get through them. It won't take long. Twelve things, and I want you to hear them by the Spirit, that will literally change the face of the church on planet Earth because we are about to have an atmospheric change. I didn't go into this. I shouldn't go into it because it takes too long, but atmosphere, atmosphere, atmo, it's Greek. Atmo really is the word for atom, A-T-O-M, Everything is made up of what? Atoms. God knows what he's doing. And there's a sphere, and God puts us in a sphere on planet Earth, right? So he's going to change the atoms. And when God changes that, the world's going to freak out because they won't know how to understand God. How do we understand God? God is good. His mercy endures forever. I don't need to know any more truth about God than that. God is good, and his mercy endures forever. If I know God is good, then everything I get will be good from God. Everything. And I know that God's about to change everything, and the changing is beginning all over the world, even as we speak. First thing, the atmosphere is going to change into an open heaven. An open heaven. Now, I've spent a little bit of time on this because I started jotting things down, and sometimes you can't get away from things once you begin to dig. But I'm a, I'm a studier, so I love to break into things and break the word down. But can you feel the darkness in the world right now? I mean, can you feel it? It's tangible. It's nothing like I've ever seen or witnessed before in my, all my years of ministry. I've never seen nothing like this. The, the, there is something. The, the heavens even feel like brass. They feel like I just can't get through. You know, I've went for probably several years, these past several years, wondering, God, where are you? What are you doing? I'm supposed to be this and this and doing this, and, and I'm not. What, what's going on? Is it me? Repent all the time. We beg God every day. What is going on? My wife, we're just like, we're just bewildered. But this revelation began to come, and I understood. It's not about our calling, our gifting. It really isn't. 
It's about understanding what you're feeling out there. You know, you can almost walk into, I mean, uh, it's like if you take a trip, we've been on trips, lots of trips and stuff, and, and it's like there's, it's just, it's weird. I just don't know how to put it. But you get into airports and it's weird. You get into stores and it's to buy things and it's weird. I mean, everything seems to be strange and it's off kilter and it's upside down and good is bad and bad is good. And, and even the church is beginning to accept the bad and the church is accepting sin because, it, you know, whatever case it may be, but we're accepting of it. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes. Hopefully I'll get to it. I will. I'll get to it. But it's important to understand that we're in a state right now that we don't know what's going on. We don't know. One prophet says this, another prophet says that. I've learned to listen to maybe two that I really have a long track record with and I understand and I see and I hear what they're hearing and I know we're on target. But the bottom line is there's so much junk that is coming at you every day that it doesn't feel like God really cares. Does it feel like God is good? Mm. Boy, the devil's so sneaky. You know, if God is good, why are you going through that? Doesn't matter what you're going through. It's what the Bible says. And the sound God sent his glory with an understanding that he's good, that his mercy endures forever. And we know that to be true. I wasn't going to say it, but I'll say it anyway. But 2020 was a horrific year, as we all know. One-third to one-half of the people that left during COVID, left the church, never came back. One-third to one-half. Not just here, everywhere. And some will say, hmm, I don't know, those mega churches, I don't know, they seem to be doing pretty good. Yeah, they, they let you know how good they're doing, but they're not doing good. If you had three services, they're down to one. That's not good. That means, oh, yeah, two-thirds left. See, Christians left by the truckloads when they faced darkness. They left by the truckloads when they faced an enemy, when they didn't understand what was coming, when they did not know, all right? Now, I just had a friend of mine who's in Ohio, good friend of mine, great church there, and he put out today, I was just, I said, wow, that's, that's very interesting. But he, I trust him because I know him. In January of 2020, when all this came about, there were approximately 380,000 churches in the U.S. There are currently just 244,599, give or take a few. That's a huge what? 25% drop, something like that. So it, it does add up, doesn't it? Are those bad people that left? Of course not. Of course not. But I'll tell you what they got into. They got into fear. If you don't think fear is real and why we teach faith, why we teach it from this pulpit, the word of God. No opinions. We have no opinions. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm not trying to make you feel better about yourself because it's not about you. It's about his glory showing up. Because if his glory shows up, he'll straighten you out. Amen. He will. Very powerful. So what we're trying to do is get you to understand 
that, and I want you to remember this, because Satan uses the spirit of fear to control the people of faith. That's what he uses. He has no arsenal. He has no weapons. The Bible calls them darts. Darts will not kill you, but they will irritate the crap out of you. Oh, yes, I said crap. I will say a lot worse than that, probably. I want you to hear it. <laughs> I want you to hear it. Spirit of fear controls the people of faith. It'll control the people of faith. But out of all of this craziness since 2020, and all out of the church seemingly going under, a lot of them did. This one, we knew God planted and the devil couldn't kill it. He threw everything he could at it. He had everybody talking against this place like I've never seen nothing like it in my life. And we released those people to the devil. No, no, no. We pray for them in Jesus' name. We release them to the glory. Hallelujah. The glory will take care of that. But I've learned when God does something, puts seed into the ground, you cannot, you can't stop it. You can do what you want, but you can't stop it. So here we are in this hour right now. But even though, and the church looks great today, by the way, Pastor Barbie, this looks phenomenal, wonderful, wonderful. God's bringing, I'll tell you, I know he sent us back here. We know that. We've wrestled with this for two years. We know. And so we know that we're not, we're not taking over. Lord Jesus, no way in heaven on earth. But we're here to support and to seat and to put our gifting, whatever it is, slide it in there. Let the Lord use it because this is a church, I believe, without a doubt, has the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher in operation right here in this ministry. No doubt. None of you had to woke up one day, I'm going to go to faith, Bill. None of you did that, especially your giftings. You felt drawn, even though you resisted maybe, but you felt drawn. God's doing something there. Well, we're, he's doing something, so we're here too to do it with you. Are you all here? No stars in the kingdom. We're just here to do it with you. And so I see every chair just filled with his glory. I see services filled with his glory. I don't know beyond that what God's going to do, but it's going to be so spectacular. It's going to be incredible. Now watch. So it's important that we understand that there's an atmosphere of change that is happening. And even through all of the difficulty we went through in the kingdom since 2020, there is a greater unity now than ever before in the church. Think about that. There's a greater unity now because God is good and his mercy endures forever. Get that in your spirit because that's what's going to change your life. Second thing, an atmosphere of unity and expectancy. When you come into the presence of God, there will be a unity that you don't even fully comprehend. But you can feel it in the spirit. Now, a lot of you, I don't even know because you weren't here when I was here. And uh, when I came back and forth, I met a few of you. But now I look around all the new people, and it's just like I've just known you forever. It's just like there's a unity that is incredible. And it's just absolutely incredible when you stop and think about it. Mind-blowing, really. 
And there's that expectancy level that's going through the roof. I don't know about you. Whatever you're believing God for, whatever you believe for God, this is the word of the Lord. Whatever you believe God for in the past and didn't get it, it's just delayed. It's okay. Get that expectancy level up because that's what's happened in the church. It's going to come through. It's going to happen because God cannot lie. He's good. And his mercy endures. A couple of weeks. No, forever. His mercy. All right. Thirdly, I got to move along. The atmosphere of the supernatural. God is not common. He is supernatural. That's why it's so important to get to church when the doors are open for you to come because you just never know what God is going to do. You never know that he might surprise you. You could come in with an ailment you've had for weeks, months, years, and you're kind of like, yeah, I'm still believing the Lord. It's kind of there. But you're going to walk into and you never know when God supernaturally is going to do what he does best. And you get that miracle that you've waited so long for that you will never get at home. Oh, brother, we're the church wherever I go. Really? Okay. I'm not even going to badmouth you, say nothing against you, but I will pray for you because you are sorely confused. That is not, and get off the internet. Brother, we're the church. You want to get you want to get people blasting you on the on the on the Facebook or wherever wherever you are. Just put it out there, you know that uh, uh, if you don't go to church on Sundays, you're a heathen. Put it out there. Go ahead. Oh, you're gonna be like you. All you know, somebody comes against me because I only put Bible out there. If somebody comes against me on and does something stupid or try to teach me, I had one guy say, "You need to look that up in the Bible." Really. And I want to say, and how long have you been saved? And how many churches have you built? How many times have you, never mind. So I said, nothing. I just, I love the delete button. You're not going to get on my site and bring any negativity. I don't like it. You're gone. That's the way it is. And I will delete you. And then I will block you. The power of the finger. Chikun, chikun, chikun. Hallelujah. I don't mess with people. I don't have time to argue with fools who don't know the word of God, but think they do. Dangerous, very, very dangerous. Number four, an atmosphere of no limitation. Well, we're going to get to it now. Everybody can receive. Doesn't matter who you are. Everybody can receive. Number five, an atmosphere of welcomeness. That means Jesus shed blood, his blood for all people everywhere. The gospel is for all people everywhere. The church is an open door for anyone who wants to come to it. We don't shut the door for nobody. You can come in, but I will warn you. I will warn you if you come to this church which is not a mealy mouth, weak, anemic, you know, uh, carnal, fleshly, tickle your ear, make you feel good about yourself. I don't care how you feel about yourself. Honestly, I don't because I know what the Bible says about you. It's way better than what you think about yourself. So here we are. 
You come into our church. I don't care what you are. I don't care who you are. There are only male and female. I don't care what you call yourself. It doesn't matter to me. I know what the Bible says. I'm not going to get up and preach sermons on it. I don't believe in it. I don't want to do all that because there's this way. I have to hit every sin known to man, and I don't have the time or the energy to preach on sin. I just want to tell you one thing. You are welcome. Come as you are. It's no problem. I do not care. I don't care what you look like, smell like, feel like. I don't care what you call yourself. I don't care what gender you think. I don't care. Just come. But I will warn you. You will not leave like you came in Jesus' name. If you hang around the gospel, the glory will show up. And when the glory shows up, you will leave differently. God will challenge you. He will make you different. We do not accept sin. We will never accept sin. I'm not going to preach against sin. I'm going to preach that God is good and his mercy endures forever because that is the message God gave me to preach. And I'm here to tell you that his goodness and his mercy, watch, his goodness and his mercy will lead you to the cross of Christ. And when you get the true cross of Christ, you will kneel there and give your life to him. And when you give your life to him, I promise you, you will not leave the way you came. In Jesus' name. It's not going to be the same. So, I'm not going to talk about your sin. Do whatever you want to do. That's between you and the Holy Ghost. So, whatever you do, if he's okay with it, I'm okay with it. And I know he's not. How do you know he's not? Because the Bible says so. Yeah, but brother, uh, no, don't argue with me. Don't put anything on my, I don't, I'm not interested in what you think. I don't care about your three hours in the Bible, and now you're a scholar. I don't care about that. I listened to Prophet so-and-so, and he said, I don't care what he said. I do not care. I go strictly by the Word of God. And I know a few things because I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> but I do know the Word of God. That is my thing, the Word of God. Somebody shout amen. amen. All right. So there is an atmosphere of welcomeness. All right, number six, an atmosphere of no defeat. Somebody shout no defeat. God is able to deliver anyone at any time that he chooses to do so. There's no defeat in the kingdom of God. When you live victorious, in fact, victorious living really is possible for every single person that's a child of God. We should be living in victory all the time. My Bible tells me in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a scripture I learned to live by. Powerful word of God. When you hear that, your spirit says, yes. And then your mind says, yeah, but what about so-and-so and what happened? Forget that nonsense. It's what the Bible says. What your spirit jumps inside of you and leaps and says, that's true. That's the word of God. Number seven, an atmosphere of breakthrough. Uh, Appreciate the music today. Oh, man, the songs were just out of sight. They were right up my message. All of my message. Breakthrough, right? What was that phrase, breakthrough? Yeah. We'll talk later, Quinn. I give her, a, I build her up, and now I got I to gotta tear her down, rebuild her again. No. <laughs> You're awesome. But think about that. I mean, there's a breakthrough. Breakthrough something, right? 
We're not waiting for something to happen. We're a breakthrough church. We're a breakthrough kingdom-minded people. We can break through. I don't care what you're going through. You can break through it. We don't want to raise a bunch of invalids. We want you to be so powerful that when you come to church, we're just looking for the glory. Maybe today is the glory. Maybe today he'll show up. Maybe this is the day that the cloud will fill the space. Maybe this is the day that ministers can lay down on the floor and just receive the blessing of the Lord. Maybe this is the day the Holy Spirit will do what he always said he will do, and that's heal you and show that he's good and that his mercy endures forever. Maybe it'll happen today. It won't happen if you're not here. I got online yesterday, no, two days ago, and I thought, hmm, who has not here that should be here? And I, we don't go after people. We don't do that. Hey, let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. But I sat down, and I, I said, oh, yeah, that person, where's that person? So I just went over to my message and said, hey, I'm preaching Sunday. love to see you. King, you know. I did it for like 20 people, bing, 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 bing. I don't know if anybody showed up or not, but, 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 uh, who? You're here. <laughs> Matthew, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> but I did. I went after some of these young, younger guys. Well, they're not younger anymore, but they're younger guys. And I'm thinking, where were you? Where are you at? What are you doing? You know, most of them aren't even in the kingdom anymore. They're nowhere around anymore. And that's a real sad thing. Some wrote me back, made excuses. <laughs> I wrote this person, and they're good people. And I said, hey, I'm preaching Sunday. You always said you liked my preaching. I'll be preaching Sunday. I want to invite you. Love to hug your necks. Wrote me back. Said, well, I can't because we're so-and-so and, -so and we, we're gone and da-da-da. I said, oh, but I would love to. Oh, that'd be so awesome. Let me know next time. And I said, Okay. I'm preaching in two weeks. <laughs> On the 26th, my daughter is going to be doing some ministry. And I says, she asked me to preach. I'm going to preach again. So, see, you, you know, right back at them, right? So they're going to be here. She's great. Phenomenal people. Phenomenal people. And uh, they're going to come. You know, so sometimes you got to track them down. You know what I mean? People get a little bit off target or whatever. Somebody shout breakthrough. breakthrough. I'm not waiting for anything to happen. I'm not looking back to what already happened. Oh, excuse me. That's what happened when you should wear glasses, but too prideful to wear them. Uh, I, I am looking back to only what happened. <laughs> that makes a difference. The cross, the resurrection, and the instructions from Jesus, the word. So I'm always looking back to that. I don't look back to anything else because I know what God's about to do. He will never, he'll always honor his word. He'll never dishonor his word ever. Moving right along. Number eight, an atmosphere of financial blessing. Financial blessing. Church needs this. We can't get the gospel out without it. If you tithe and sow, then get ready for the blessing because I'm telling you, I'm not talking about, you know, this, listen, I'm not into the prosperity gospel the way it's portrayed today. It has gotten off the last 20 years. It's been kind of bad. But, but I believe in it in the depths of my soul. Because when you give, it will be given back to you. 
with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Men will give unto you. Listen to me very carefully. This message has been so abused, but I believe in it the depths of my soul. There's no doubt in my mind, no doubt, that we have a financial blessing coming like we've never seen. If you tithe and sow, get ready for it. Open your heart. God, show me. Because it's not for your selfish benefit. It's really not. He'll bless you abundantly. You say, well, how's that going to happen? You can't figure it out. Forget it. It won't work that way. But if you don't tithe, start today. What's a crummy 10%? What's a crummy 10%? Seriously. Give and they'll be given back. We recently started giving more into the kingdom. And I never look for things, ever, ever look for things. We are blessed. We're debt-free. I go to bed at night saying, this is my stuff. This is my stuff. And I've given my stuff away dozens of times. And God just keeps giving it right back. You say, how is that possible? It's, it's just God. It's the economy of heaven. You say, well, I've done it, and it just, I just, it was tough. I didn't say it was easy. I said, it'll come back. My wife and I, I shouldn't even tell you this. It's really, really none of your business, but I'll tell you anyway. Are you run it by you? My wife and I doubled our giving last year. We were blessed. We just, okay. I'm not expecting anything back from the Lord. I'm really not. I just want to bless, 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 bless. I had a prophet speak over us before we came here. We were in a meeting and called us right out. Saw, read us like yesterday's newspaper. I'm not kidding. Didn't know who we were. We are in a crowd. Called us out. Said a lot of wonderful things. But said, you, sir, see if there's, if there's 1% of good in people, you'll see it. And I thought, yes, that's me. <laughs> and she says, but that makes your decisions of putting people in wrong places bad decisions. And I said, oh, boy, is that the truth or is that the truth? I have picked. I'm like Donald Trump. I pick all bad people. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Trying to get them to make me look good, they make me look bad. Anyway, so, and she says, there's a financial blessing coming to you because of your giving. She says, I'm telling you, it's big and get ready for it because it's for the kingdom that it's coming. And I said, yeah, Jesus, okay, bring it on because that's what it's all about. You see, it's not about me getting money, accumulating money. It's about me getting something that I can work with in this natural world, and, and that's just the way God created it to be. Somebody say amen. All right. There's an atmosphere, number nine, of the prophetic. You're feeling that here already. A now word. A prophetic word. Right now. Meat. M-E-A-T. Meat in the house. Where you're not getting pablum. Some churches, I'm not kidding, if you go to a preach this here, you, they would just stare at you like they're in the twilight zone. They have no clue what you're talking about. But this church not like that, obviously. You've been trained a lot better than that. But the truth is that there is a prophetic word it's not a new word. It's an old word that is 
God has made new in your spirit. It's an old, nothing new from the word. The word's the word. It's forever settled in heaven. That's the word. But out of that old word comes a freshness like they had to go out every day and, and, and get the manna every day because it was a freshness. Even the old word can lose its freshness if you stay with a mindset of, well, that's the way we've always did it. But see, when you do that, you're eating old manna. And God said, don't do that because I have a fresh word for you. But it's from the old word. So it's not something you don't know. It's already been in the Word. God's bringing it to you right now. Number 10, an atmosphere of optimism. Optimism. I looked this up. The opposite of that is pessimism. You know what pessimism is? A tendency to see the worst of things. COVID hit. We saw the worst of things. Believe the worst will happen. A lack of hope or confidence in the future. Boy, is that something? See, God says, I'm going to send a spirit of optimism. I want you to know this because this is very powerful. God is in control. And that's a good shout. Amen. God's in control. But here's the good news slash bad news. He put you in control. I don't want control. I want God to have control. God is in control, but he placed you in control on behalf of him. So you can't call upon God to do something he gave you the authority to do on earth. And this is what problem with the church. The church doesn't know that. And so we go to God, go to God, go to God. And the truth of it is God wants you to understand that you need to become kingdom-minded people. This is a kingdom church. Jesus said that he's in that kingdom is not of this world, but it's of that world. But when Jesus went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit and birthed the kingdom on the earth. We are kingdom people. We're not just the church. We're kingdom people. We rule. We reign. We have authority. We can command and we can loose and we can bind up. We have authority God has given us from heaven. He is in control, but he gave you the reins to control. And if you don't get that, you're never going to rise above where you are. You'll come to church needy, 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 needy. Now, if you're needy, come to church. But don't come consistently with needs. Come with the authority God has given you. Rise up in the household that you live in. Say, devil will not attack me in this household. Sickness will not control me. Disease will not control me. COVID can go to hell. I told you I'd say something you wouldn't like. That's where it came from. That's where it needs to go back to. It's not a God thing. It's a fear thing. And we want faith because we are a kingdom people. And we walk in the authority God has given us. And if you understand that, there's a new freshness of that vision coming upon the house of God. We will fulfill the word of God. What is our job? Be kingdom people. I dare you to try it. I dare you to try it in your household. Rebellious kids, man, rise up against them. Set them down, beat the crap out of them. No, <laughs> set them down and say, listen, I'm an authority. God gave me authority. You're going to do what I tell you to do. What's wrong with that? We got parents that say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to upset my children. Upset those children. Pastor Barb, better cancel your trip in two weeks. I don't think they're going to like me after this. Number 11, an atmosphere of vision. Vision. 
a place where people can see the invisible and do the impossible. What do you see when you look at the church? Seriously, when you look at the church, imperfections, problems, what do you see? You can see all the negative because it's all there to see with the natural eye. But what does God see? Have you ever asked God what he sees? He sees kingdom people. He sees a people authority. The last words of Jesus on planet, well, he said other words that we don't know anything about because he did teach for 40 days after he was resurrected on things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Stuff we don't know what he said. How many would like to have that Bible? He didn't leave us like, you know why? Because he told you what to do back over here. And his last words that we have are, I am giving you authority. Authority. Therefore, go into all the world. Preach that I am good and that my mercy endures forever. And I will send the glory when you understand that. Number 12, an atmosphere of worship. And I don't mean just singing songs. God's spirit will be released in all of his fullness. I believe we'll see that in our generation. When true worship begins to explode in our hearts, great things begin to happen. God's will will arise. It is all about his will. And the Bible says when his will arises, his enemies will be scattered. we got to get into the will of God, not fight the enemy, get into the will of God, because they'll scatter with the will of God. When these things begin to take place, things begin to happen. Now, that's what the Lord wants me to say to you today. But I want you to catch all of that. I really do, because this is so important. Because we're at a time now to where when God begins to do things that are so incredibly supernatural that we're going to just, if we're not ready for it, it's, you're going to cr be crushed under the weight of the supernatural. You will. You will. Jesus had 12 disciples. One of them was Judas. Judas saw exactly the same miracles, the same presence, the same everything the other 11 did. Why did he turn on Jesus? Why did he do that? Because he couldn't understand what Jesus was doing. Therefore, he crushed under the weight of what the supernatural was. And he sold it all away. It's not about the 30 pieces of silver. It's about his heart that was so bad. And the Bible even tells us that in the scripture, I can't off my top of my head, but in, in the Old Testament, my own familiar friend in whom I have trusted has lifted his heel against me. That's Judas. Prophetic hundreds and hundreds of years before it took place. Don't be that. Don't crush under the weight of the newness of God. Don't stay in the old way of doing things because the old is gone. And the new is the sound that is coming. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one 
to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. When they lifted up their voice and the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, they said, praise the Lord. And here's what they said. For God is good and his mercy endures forever. When that happened, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So the priest could not even minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. Now, Jesus has become, really, let's put it this way. You have now become the house of the Lord. It's not about the four walls. It really isn't. It's about you. You are the house of the Lord. Yes, I know all of the teaching on the church. You are the house of the Lord. But when you come together, there becomes a unity that is so incredibly powerful that you will never get on your own. Is that Santa Claus? Who is that? Oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Sound, I thought it was the Holy Spirit. Oh, my God. There we go. We're ready, Lord. Come on. Bring it on down. But do you understand what I'm trying to say today is that we are ready for a move of God, but it has to be God to make the move. You can't create revival. You can't do any of that. All you can do is have the sound. Have it reach heaven. When it reaches heaven, I'm going to tell you what. I felt it this morning. I felt God breaking through that thing. I don't know what happened, but it just broke through. And I could feel it. I said, wow, Lord, what could you do with gifted people that, have, that know how to play instruments of music? Listen, we're never going to get enough up here. Let's just have everybody. We'll get two, three, four, five teams. Who cares? If you've got a gift, get up here. See, um, see Quinn. See Pastor Paul. We want you up here. Why? Because that's your gifting. It's what God's called you to do. You have to do that. And don't expect a check to do it. I love you, but that's wrong. I had a big church, Pastor Paul. We had a big church in Beloit, Wisconsin, big church, and it was phenomenal. I had, what was it, how many voices in the choir? 50, 60 voices? I don't even know. Fill up a whole side of the platform. We had a choir, 50, 60 voices, band, music, singers, talent, gifted, and I paid one person. That was a person who worked for me full time. Everybody else, do it for Jesus or don't do it. Come on now. All right. Would you all stand to your feet? I'm boring you now. Stand to your feet, please. Thank you so much for allowing me to bring this word today. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify your presence, your glory. Fill this place. Fill this place with your glory. Hallelujah.